You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Okay, so today's scripture comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. It is the story of transfiguration. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transformed before them. His, his clothes became dazzling bright, such as no one on earth could brighten them. And there appeared, in, and there appeared to them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, is it good for us to be here? Let us set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the clouds, there came a voice from the cloud. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with him anymore, but only Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of the Man had risen from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I always liked the I Spy books. You remember those where there's all kinds of things that you have to find in the book on the different pages? I think the precursor was the Where's Waldo books. Do you remember those? You find Waldo on the beach or Waldo in a marketplace in a town or something like that. We, uh, we, I actually have a friend named Waldo and we were together last weekend and at one point he wasn't there and everyone's like, where's Waldo? Um, but anyway. I love the books. We had a whole bunch of them when my kids were little. We had the Disney one. We had the Christmas one. We had all kinds of I Spy books. And I would love spending time with my kids trying to figure out the puzzles. You know, where were the buttons and where were the, I don't know, wheel, wheel uh, barrels, all those kinds of things that you'd find. Well, a couple years ago, my parents were cleaning out and they found in their basement that they had these magic eye books. Um, Do you remember those pictures, the magic eye pictures like this, where you would look and look and just keep staring at it until you could finally see the picture? I remember just kind of going cross-eyed. You just keep looking and looking, and I couldn't find it until, and I finally had a headache, and I was like, good luck, kids. Have fun with these books. Um, But eventually, you'd see the dolphin or the palm trees or whatever was the case in that picture. It was just hard to see because of the way that the pictures were. You just refocus, right? Eventually, um, you'd see the picture. You'd say, okay, I see it, or else you'd give up. 
Now, today's scripture actually reminds me of those pictures. It's a scripture that we hear just about every year because the Sunday before Lent begins, in addition to being Mardi Gras, is also Transfiguration Sunday. It's the Sunday that we hear the story of Jesus being transfigured up on the mountain. Although I was going down the rabbit hole researching the Transfiguration story and realized that um, in the Catholic Church, they actually celebrate it on the second Sunday of Lent. So... We're Methodists, so we're, we're celebrating Transfiguration Sunday today. Anyway, what it marks is the time when Jesus began to speak about his death, to foretell his death. Now, the story itself, Jesus and his disciples go up on a mountain, uh, and a very bizarre thing happens. Jesus is transfigured. There was a complete change in his physical appearance into a more beautiful and spiritual state. And he is white, dazzling white. You know, like the white on a sunny, snowy day when the snow is there and the sun reflects off the the snow and it's so bright that it hurts your eyes. Or maybe it's like the commercials, you know, back when they would talk about making your whites whiter and all of that, that white, white, bleached white state. Now, not only is Jesus transfigured, but next to him, Moses and Elijah appear, and they start talking to Jesus, and they're there talking and standing there, and you got to imagine for those disciples who are with them that this is a pretty strange situation, and I got to wonder, what would you do, you know? Well, Peter... Instead of listening and taking in the moment and recognizing that this is this powerful thing in that moment, he takes out his phone and he starts taking pictures. Well, okay, first century technology, he creates booths, and he, which is like a hut made out of twigs and branches, and he decides that we should make booths so that we can preserve this moment so that everyone has a booth and they'll just stay there and we can always remember the moment. Keep them there. Preserve it. Oh, Peter, how frustrating you are. We see ourselves in you. We, too, want to preserve the moments, right? I remember 20 plus years ago, I was driving and um, listening to NPR and they were talking about this gadget uh, show, demonstration that was coming up and they had all the new gadgets and one of the gadgets that was being highlighted was a new cellular phone that had a camera in it. And I just thought, oh my gosh, that's the most ridiculous thing. I have my flip phone, I have my digital camera, why would I need them to be one, right? If only I knew how much I needed them to be one. Because I want to video everything, right? I want to take pictures. I want to stop in the moment and just take pictures almost to the effect of not really experiencing what's happening. Sometimes I'm so focused on preserving it that I miss what's there in front of my eyes. Well, Peter went into preservation mode, wanting to build the booths and, and... keep it all the same, but really he just didn't know what to say or what to do. He was experiencing something holy and magnificent and probably a little scary too. Because then came the voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. We've heard that voice before at Jesus' baptism. God's voice brings us back to that holy moment and reminds us of Christ's identity 
And after the voice, Moses and Elijah vanish. And Jesus and the disciples go back down the mountain. Now this is one of those moments in the Bible where we see things through Peter's eyes. The problem is that Peter was looking at a magic eye picture. He was trying so hard to see that he really couldn't see the whole picture. He didn't know what was really there. And it's interesting uh, because of the chapter that leads up to this chapter of Mark, chapter 8. In it, Jesus heals a blind man. And it's powerful. And you think, okay, now Peter would be able to see too, right? This would be an image for that. But that's not what happens. He heals the blind man, and then Jesus declares that he's the Messiah. So you think before this, he's got it, right? Except right after that, also in chapter 8, Jesus begins to talk about his death, to foretell his death. And Jesus and, and Peter rebukes him and says, don't, don't talk about that. Don't even say that. And Jesus says that line, that, that line of, get behind me, Satan, you're missing out. Peter was a faithful disciple. He dropped his net and he followed Jesus. He allowed God to lead him, but he didn't really grasp that God was right there in front of him, that God was among them. He didn't get that. He didn't get that God's presence was right there in Jesus. And so God gave him the transformation and the line, listen to him. I've shared with you before, I'm the oldest child. I have a younger son. I mean, no, I have a younger son, but also a younger brother whose name is uh, Michael. Um, and my brother is and has always been very easygoing. He just goes with the flow, something I could probably learn from. Well, when he, we were young and we would get in the car to go somewhere, we would be almost there and Michael would say, where are we going? In my mind, Peter is a lot like that. He's easygoing. He's along for the ride. He knew Jesus was special. He just didn't know or understand where they were going. Even though he said the right words, you are the Messiah, I'm not sure he believed them. Sometimes it feels like he just gave up and said, okay, I, yeah, I see the dolphins. Can you ever relate to that? Sometimes with faith, it feels like we're just going through the motions. We hit lows when we wonder, when we question, when we all but give up trying to find the dolphins in the picture. A recent Pew Research study said that 66% of Christians say they believe in God with certainty. Just 66% of all Christians 25% they believe in God and are fairly certain of God's existence. 4% believe in God and are not at all certain. And 1% don't know if they believe in God at all. It's not really surprising. And I even wonder if the numbers are a bit skewed because who wants to admit that they have doubts, even though we all have them at times? Faith isn't always easy. It requires a leap. Be becoming comfortable with the questions, recognizing that seeing is believing isn't always the case when it comes to faith, at least not as clearly as would be convenient. Sometimes we just really need a transfiguration, a moment when we really see God. For many of us, that's a mountaintop experience. You can talk to our youth. They've had that, I'm sure, on mission trips. 
Or maybe some of us have had those on the Love and Action work mission weeks. Or maybe at a baptism or an adoption ceremony or a 100th birthday celebration or maybe on Christmas Eve in the candlelight or at church camp at the campfire. We look back and say, that was God. I experienced God in that moment. Or maybe for us, instead of being in the mountain times, it was the valley times. In a moment of desperation, a difficult diagnosis or the loss of a job, the deathbed of someone we love, we can look back and say, God was there. I felt God's presence. God got me through. Often in both the mountain and the valley moments, it are when God reveals God's self. Or maybe that's when we're open to seeing God. We experience a transfiguration. God becomes real to us and we get it and we want to preserve that feeling, but we can't. And yet we can still hold on to the memory, that moment when we said, I get it, I believe. Some of us don't have those moments. Some of us are content to stay at the bottom of the mountain like the other disciples. We're content to go with Christ and just believe. And others of us don't have them at all. We're just missing out altogether. We're missing the God who meets us in the everyday, the God who's in the sunshine and in the clouds, and the God who is with us when we are reading bedtime stories or talking on the phone to a loved one, the God who's with us when we find the right words to say in the right exact moment, the God who nudges us to do something that we're so glad we did. God who equips us with gifts to give back in the world, a God who presents us with new opportunities, and God who gives us strength when we're scared, God who prods the neighbor to bring us a meal when we're hurting, when we're recovering. God is at work all around us. We're just trained to believe in ourselves and not leave room for God. When we open our eyes, and we look back, and we look around, we'll see that God is with us all along, that God has always been there. And when we focus our eyes, we can see the picture, see that God is everywhere. The thing I love about this scripture is that Jesus knew Peter. Jesus loved Peter. Jesus knew that Peter needed the transfiguration. He needed that moment. And he wasn't going to see the dolphins on his own. He needed help to get it, to understand the fullness of who Jesus is. And Jesus knows us too. Jesus knows what we need Jesus will help us with our belief, help us to grow and strengthen our faith, love us even when we lose focus, whether or not we can see the picture, because he's with us, and he will love us to that point. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.